I want to bring the word of the Lord to you tonight in under this heading Light in Darkness and it's a subheading there Sin and the Savior. It is custom with us and I think I can remember that for as long as I can that Christmas is supposed to be a time of joy. It is supposed to be a time in which we understand something of festivity. And therefore we sometimes just wish one another uh, peace over the festive season. And to under underscore this whole idea of fun, of joy, of uh, enjoying things. We have bright lights. We have all sorts of things and decorations on the street lamps and posts. And in the houses, some of them would have that in their windows. And of course, for many of us, the main thing about Christmas then is to have the joy of receiving a present. But the joy and the bright lights sometimes go out towards the end of Christmas Day. And Boxing Day for some people is a day of horror. First of all, the first thing some people would like to put on on Boxing Day is a pair of dark glasses. Not only does that help against the glare of the sun, it might also hide a black eye because of the fight of the previous night. So we find in this whole approach that we have to, to, to Christmas, uh, light and darkness. We find sin and the Savior. And of course there is enough reason for us to be very joyful in Christmas time. Because the source of our joy is not in receiving a present or seeing the lights blink or uh, all the things that pop at the table when we sit there and, and we do all sorts of things uh, that would bring us joy. But in this Christmas time, we, I think we need to understand that with the, with the brightness of Christmas, there is darkness in it. And I don't want to be labeled as someone who actually just look at the dark side of things. But let us thank God for the fact that he looked at the dark side of this world to send us his son. Because if God did not look at the dark side of this world if God did not look at the sin and the misery of the people, 
then our Christmas celebration would just be a waste of time. As a matter of fact, everything we do in the church would be a waste of time. So we need to understand the Bible message. And the Bible message regarding Christmas time is this, that the angel announced the birth of the Savior, and then the first thing he said was, and you should call him Jesus. Why? Because he would save people. What does it mean that he would save people? It means that people are lost. That is the message of Christmas. Without Christ, we are lost. And God, our Father, looked at us in our misery like He looked at His people in the time of, of Exodus. And maybe uh, Stephen was probably not wrong to read that part out of Exodus 2, where the Lord then looked at His people and, and he, he said He stirred within Himself. He is he looks at his people and he sees their slavery. And then he says, I will do something about it. And he then calls Moses and he says to Moses, you go and you rescue these people as a precursor to the salvation of Christ. The people of God in the Old Testament in Egypt then lived in the slavery of sin. Their salvation and their inheritance of the, of the land of Canaan was a precursor of what was to follow in the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. You see, that's what we read there in, in John chapter 1 where it says, The light shines in the darkness. And when, when God sent His Son into this world, a world made by the Son for the Son to the glory of the Father, and one could say to His own people, then in the narrow sense of the word, the Jewish people. And of course, not only that, but in the narrow sense of the word, yes. When the light then came and, and the light shone in this darkness, because the people lived in darkness, the darkness of sin and lostness. They didn't recognize him. They couldn't see him for what he is. Not only was he the savior. Not only was he the one born on Christmas day. Not only was he the one in the, in the manger. Not only was he the little baby. He is the one through whom God created this world. We read in John chapter 1. He is with God. And he is God. And he came into this world. And that light of the gospel of God's grace. Announced in paradise when people then turned against God. And the Lord says there will be someone who will crush your head the promise God made and that's how we started this service this tonight the promises God made in the Old Testament 
were now yes in Christ. That light was shining into this world and the world did not recognize that light. Now the question is, well, is that a failure in the sight of God? Is this a failure in the mission of Jesus Christ? And, and, and we, we ask ourselves the same question today, isn't it? You cringe when you go into the shops. I'm so glad this whole season is all over now. I'm so glad. You, you just can't stand it. When people wouldn't know what they sing about, and still they sing about the Christmas message. Just the one that we just sang there. Hark the herald angels sing. Or joy to the world, the Lord is king. And, and they don't know it. And you ask yourself, then what happened? Is it all a failure now? Is the light of the gospel still recognized? Or has that light gone out? Or has it, go, has it gone dim? There's a verse in that, by, in that chapter of the Bible that we understand, and the darkness could not distinguish it. And now that word distinguish is one of those Greek words that you can actually translate in two different words, which is usually not the case when you look at the context. There's, in most cases, only one meaning of a word. But here we find the word distinguish uh, in two meanings. The word, one meaning is to not recognize, to distinguish, to not recognize. And the other meaning is to not put it out like a fire extinguisher. Distinguish. That is the point. This world will never put out the light of the gospel. Never. Because God, through His Son, by the work of His Holy Spirit, will gather unto Himself the number which is complete according to His calling. And we read about that then, where it says, people are now made children of God, and they are given the right to be called children of God when they are given that birth which is from God. Not by the will of a man, not by descent, not by heritage. It is a work of God. It is God who does that. God works through His Holy Spirit, through the preaching of the Word, and He still enters into the hearts of those living in darkness. And you know what? He breaks through the darkness and still people are added to the number of his church. And that's what you and I should be praying for. That's what we should be working towards. That is what we should mean when we say to one another, I wish you 
a blessed Christmas. So that one would understand by that. If the light of the gospel is not shining in your heart yet, may it shine in your heart by the grace of God. And if it is shining in your heart, may you then be a blessing to those around you so that through your life, they will become people of light. And they will be saved. So, let us thank God that he looked at the dark side of Christmas. And he decided to do something about it. And he sent us his son, Jesus Christ. Having said all these things then, my deepest prayer then for you is that you will have a blessed Christmas. What more can I? What more can I pray for? What more can I pray for that that you would have a life in the Lord Jesus, and that you will know that you're a child of God, and that you've got the right to be called a child of God because of the faith that you have in Christ, and that if it is so, if it is so, be a blessing to other people. By shining the light of Christ to them. Because you are a light in this world. Shine it so that the Father in heaven will be glorified. That's our calling. May the Lord be with you. We... We in some ways regret that we can't be with you over this weekend. But next year, Lord willing, it might be different. All the best. Enjoy the time with your families. And if you have to drive somewhere, please be careful. I remember my father always told me when he told me, he taught me to drive. Always think for the other people too. So, may the Lord be with you. Thank you to all of you uh, for all your help, support over the last year. More so, I would like to thank uh, John for his help, uh, being there at the organ all the time, taking telephone calls for me when... When uh, it's supposed to go my way, it sometimes, more, most of the time, goes John's way. Thank you, John. Thank you to all the other elders. And uh, next year, we look forward to a, a wonderful working time together. Let us pray. Our Lord and our Father, we thank you that you looked at the dark side of our life and that you saw the mis misery of our sin and our lostness. And that you gave us your son, Jesus, the Savior. That he paid for our price, for our, the price of our, of our uh, sin. 
and that he acquired of us a, for us a righteousness. A righteousness that gives us a standing before you as people who are forgiven and people who, who may with boldness now come before your throne. Bless us as a church, Lord, we pray. Help us to spread the light of the, of, uh, of the birth of Christ in a meaningful and a true way. And help us, Lord, not to be part of this world as we go into this time of festivity. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the Messiah promised, the Messiah who is our yes. Amen. I think the most beautiful of all carols is probably Silent Night. And we're going to sing that. The story goes that Gruber, who was the uh, composer of this, in one night just sat at his piano, I think it was a piano, and uh, he composed this in a matter of hours. It just flowed from, from, his, uh, from his mind, and I think he's truly, truly inspired. Sung, well-known, right across the world. Silent Night, number 182.
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Ah.